the USFL gambling podcast week 10 reaction show on the sports gambling podcast networks brought to you by bird dog shorts. Dominate the summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. Once again, that's birddogs.com slash pool. Hey everybody, Joe Theismann here. You're listening to SGPN. So do this, let it ride. Football is a unique American experience. A game described by one turn of the century critic as crude and barbaric with little chance of survival, but survive it did. SFL gambling podcast. What a wonderful week as the regular season of year two. Well, since they came back from 1986 was completed. I want to just congratulate that from the start, but uh, perhaps you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. We got a lot to talk about on the way to the freedom cup, but perhaps, you know, I, I got a feeling some, some new USFL ga- fans after watching that games or those games last week, probably saying who the hell is yelling at me? Well, <laughs> my name is Kobe Swigga database Dan, AKA pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. Would have killed a normal man, but nah, nah, that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was was like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. Um. What are your chances? Fair. What are your chances of getting out of here with that jacket on? Better than average. Always better than average in the row with Dundee. I did lock up the New Orleans breaker, breaker one twos to come through. Now, did mistakenly take the showboats. Todd Haley, well, maybe he shouldn't have talked shit to Skip Holtz because he didn't rest the starters. And we're going to talk all about it. I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, oh yeah, buddy. Yes, sir. I want to thank you. I want to thank you first and foremost uh, for a minute last on last week's episode on our preview and picks for week ten. 
I considered going with the New Jersey Generals. Then you said, what are you doing? Don't be an idiot. And I said, I came to my senses. There you go. Well done. And I said, no, I'll take the Maulers. I'll take the Maulers on the money line. Boom. There it is. And boom, what a uh, what a week it was as uh, that paid off uh, considerably, buddy. I mean, a we never saw Dakota Prescott or not Prescott, Dakota Prescott pro cup, uh, pro cup since uh, since his best performance. <laughs> he yeah. hasn't taken a snap since his best performance. But uh, yeah, I mean, the first game this past Saturday was the Pittsburgh Maulers twenty six. The general six, the Maulers hadn't beaten the generals since they had fucking Mike Rogier on the roster. So it'd been a long, long time. Patty C you were spot on on this handicap. I'm shocked. Even when, even when the Maulers were up 17 to six at the end of the third, I'm shocked. We still didn't see Dakota pro cup because the generals couldn't move the ball. The Maulers didn't move the ball either, but the Maulers created turnovers. Don't they get a pick six for all the in-game juggling uh, that Riley did uh, with the quarterbacks throughout the season? You would think if there was an opportunity to change it, he would have taken it, especially if there was an opportunity, a reason for it. So what? There was a fumble return for a touchdown, not a pick six, Uh, and then another great special teams play. Right? I mean, this Maulers team. Fucking hilarious! But I hope you bought the future back in week four when we said the Maulers have the best defense we've ever seen in a spring league. Awesome. And and I mean, the future. Well, I forget what it was at then. It was that plus like two thousand? I feel like you know some, something yeah, something insane. Uh, I gotta I gotta check my book just to uh, just to see what I have it at. Cause <laughs> I, I don't know that I got it that week or the week after. But um, the offense still sucks. But when you have <laughs> The kick returning yard, the uh, league leader in kick return yards in Simmons, Josh Simmons, uh, league leader in punt return yards in uh, Isaiah Henney, and league leader in interceptions in Mark Gilbert. Yeah, I want to say, and uh, you get after it at the quarterback. You know, like uh, whether they have Ruben Foster or not, it just seems like they just create yeah. havoc. Casino or whatever that yeah. linebacker. Yeah, yeah, that dude's a baller, and and the, and if Blewett is on, watch out. Yeah, if Blewett's on, because he's a pretty good kicker. I know he missed the game. He's winner. usually on. Yeah. I, I, and he missed the extra point last week, but still, I mean, dude, we'll talk about who they are squared up against, but you got to love it right now. If you're, if you got that future, if we, if you listen to us, you're about to fucking get a trip to Bora Bora on us, Yep. <laughs> you know, assuming they, they, they oh, win yeah. the freedom cup, but Whoa. I mean, two games away, <laughs> it's tough to do it in the playoffs. It's tough to be an entirely, I don't know if you would call that one dimensional or are they two dimensional because of the one and a half dimensional because of the special. This teams? is the 2000 Ravens. We have the 2000 Ravens yeah. in the United States football league. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, I mean, so you look at the stats from this game and Troy Williams was 17 of 25, 68%, six yards of completion, one touchdown, zero interceptions. That's all he needs to do. That's all he needs to do. Just no, you don't even need to throw for touchdowns. Just do not turn the ball over. And that's what he did. Shout out to Ray Horton, whatever he's been able to do. I like Ray Horton, man. Yeah. And your boy Garrett Groshek, for some reason, still gets the bulk of the carries. He popped off this game, even though uh, <laughs> 12 or 53, right? A lot. My guy, Madre London, struggled nine for 16, but he got a touchdown. He did have a touchdown. Yep. Um, I mean, Henny, six catches, even though it's just 48 yards. They don't stretch the field ever on this no. offense, but uh, they dunk, dink and dunk. They get short <laughs> fields and, if, and don't turn it over. Ruben if, Foster, those seven tackles, 
uh, uh, and and what I think, uh, a, 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 I think a sack, something crazy like that. But uh, Patty C, um, we're gonna talk more about the Mullers in a second. The Generals, though, what a disappointing follow-up. Considering they brought back a lot of that roster, you know, <laughs> you brought it back DeAndre Johnson, you brought back Darius Victor, Trey Williams, Cam Eccles, Looper. And a lot of the defense, Toby Johnson, you know, a lot of some of those other guys that were there. I feel like a lot of those guys were there. I thought they were a much better team than their final record. And I put that on Mike Riley. And look, I do too. I'm a Mike Riley guy. I think he's a very good coach. But this year he was not. Mm-hmm. And um He coached himself out of yes, a very good that, team. Uh, on a lot of games. Yeah. A lot of games where I think I guys solely put it on him. I solely put it on him. So uh what were your takeaways besides that? Just Mahler's dominant, yeah, just yeah. dominant uh, early on. Um, Capturing the lead early, and they're a team that is designed to play from ahead. Uh, you know, if they can, if they can get the lead early, then they're a very dangerous team because they they have that leverage. You know, and they and they can run the ball, and it showed. They 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 relied on the run. Twenty five passes. Uh, not terrible. You know, it wasn't like they're well, as long as they don't turn it over. I feel yeah. like, look, I love, I like Troy Williams. I think he is an, a huge upgrade from all the other quarterbacks they've tried to use in the past two years. Yeah. That's a slew of badly yeah. to hey. Laletta to yeah. Just <laughs> he's a lot better than all those. Cause he can create on his, with his feet sometimes. Yeah. But if you put him in, yeah. put that offense in a position where they can punt if they need to, <laughs> Uh, and they can have balance, uh, you know, run past balance and, and not have to worry about having to play catch up. Then uh, yeah, they become unpredictable and that's just enough to keep them from turning yes. the ball over. Just, and, just don't turn the ball over Yeah, and getting some field goals out of yeah. it. Yeah. It blew it, blew it. All right. Uh, look, before we get to the second game that occurred on Saturday, want to tell you that the USFL gambling podcast week 10 reaction shows brought to you by bird dogs. Yes. Much like us when we give away a Pittsburgh Mahler future in week four, we look good. Well, so does bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs, stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Think about, think about, uh, Schwarzenegger. All right. <laughs> Schwarzenegger in uh, total recall. He didn't get that part because of his acting, right? <laughs> it's because you had that fit slimmer look, you know, you watch your mouth. <laughs> he was a great actor. Uh, he was definitely wearing bird dogs. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. He probably doesn't get that part if he's not wearing bird dogs, bird dog shorts are incredible. They're fixed. Uh, you know, they're just better. Like they've, they've look, what do our shorts, you know, have the problem of doing being stiff, restricting, you know, they restrict cotton, you know, just, just not that breathable. Yeah. It's I'm saying they don't fit good. These fit good. They fix these issues. All right. They invented that cloud knit fabric that looks, you know, uh, makes it look like khakis, but it stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement, Patty. See, all right. I got how many times I got to tell you this. <laughs> and then Bernard's got this awesome invention of anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. So look, if you just to go back to total recall, if you want a broad, like Sharon stone interested in you, you can't be smelling like fucking New Jersey. All right. You need to disguise it. 
and bird dogs has that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric and they'll disguise it from you all day and it'll keep you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash pool. Enter the promo code pool. That's P O O L for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Once again, that's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We can promise you that. All right. We are back on the United States football league. Week 10 reaction show. Patty C this league then gives us this game. Just when I think I, this, I'm curious your take on this, you know, back when week two happened and the stallions beat the showboats by 40 <laughs> at the 50 yard line when shaking hands, uh, skip Holtz and Todd Haley got into it a little bit, right? Todd Haley saying, we'll remember this one. <laughs> well, uh, Todd, I hope you remember this one because the stallions could have rested their starters. In fact, a year ago, they took on Todd Haley's then Mem- uh, Tampa Bay Bandits before they moved to Memphis in the exact same scenario, and they rested their starters. <laughs> well, Skip Holtz, God bless that guy because he's a competitor. Everything is an exact parallel. The only difference is, uh, homie tried to talk shit. And, yes. And then Skip Holtz uh, started his. Uh, he started his guys. He never yeah. pulled Alex Mago out of the game. Never yeah. pulled CJ Marable out of the game. <laughs> never pulled Sternberger, who's a fucking animal, by the way, out of the game. And guess what? This was a 2020 game with five minutes left. The showboats were going to kick a field goal, and they missed that field goal from it was like 47 yards. I don't know, something like that. Miss a field goal. Stallions then drive down the field. Jay Sternberger touchdown. Stallions win 27 20. Patty C. Memphis eliminated from the playoffs. Mm, the mm, Stallions. Mm. What kind? This is what I like, though. I like this because I almost hope Todd Haley comes back for year three because I see a rivalry starting to be born between Birmingham and Memphis and Birmingham and New Orleans, which we'll get to in a little bit. I mean, Memphis and uh, and Birmingham, Alabama, and Tennessee are, are, are touching states. You know, a little border battle. Border here. battle, gotta love it. <laughs> um, the showboats probably wouldn't have uh, made the playoffs even if they had one just because their point differential was so low. Um, they Still, were, but he could have, it could have helped if he didn't play the starters. Maybe they win by 30 yeah. and maybe magic can happen then. But yeah, that's yeah. True. I mean, uh, let me ask you this though. You think Todd Haley's back for a year three? Uh, I think you don't fire a coach for going five and five. They had a decent run, you know? Yeah. I don't, I think he'll be back. Just give Carnell Lake the head coaching job. Maybe. I'm joking, Todd. You did a good job. You figured out you're the guy who brought in Carnell Lake. I'll give you credit there. And you had a winning season. I didn't think I'd hear it, but here we are at the end of the season. You had a winning season. Well, five and five. Yeah. Well, there you go. You had a 500 or above winning in my mind. All right. Glass half full kind of guy. Colby (laughs) Dan. Look, I mean, they gave up. I mean, look, the Stallions were getting 7.1 yards of play. It's almost. Amazing that it was that close, considering the showbots are getting four yards of play. Um, the Stallions are never going to lose; <laughs> they're going to repeat, right? I mean, this is a yeah, seven point one to four point four yards per play. That is how the hell was it a seven point game? But well, uh, how the hell was Birmingham up uh, or Memphis up uh, early? Yeah, you know, it's like every play is a first down almost here. 
Alex McGo, Petty C, is he the best quarterback in this league? Easily. And he was a backup to start the season. Yeah. He was a backup last year. Yeah. <laughs> uh he is shockingly like solid. You know, I mean, I, I know that he had been on some NFL rosters before. It makes sense that he might have developed. It also makes sense that the level of play in the NFL is way above uh the USFL. But he was a backup last year. Yeah, I know that I mean in the USFL, yeah. He was exactly. a backup week one. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. To me, he's clearly the best quarterback in the league. I mean, McLeod Bethel Thompson had a great year too, but yeah. He's McGill, he's got a different element with the legs. Twenty two of thirty three, two hundred eighty two yards, eight point five yards in completions, two touchdowns, one interception, beautiful ball. Uh, to Sternberger there. And then uh, he also had 32 yards on the ground, a 19 yard run that sealed the game. So, led the league this year in completion percentage and quarterback rating, and also had by easily the best touchdown interception ratio 20 to 5 on the season. That is getting it done. I love it. I love seeing this team play, and they're fun, and um, we got to hit that stallion bar. Oh, yeah. We should for the uh, championship <laughs> game. Hello. Gotta hit that Birmingham Stallions bar. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for clarifying there. There are a few stallion bars in West Hollywood uh, we could probably hit up, but that's your flavor. I mean, <laughs> do you take away anything else from this game? Like Memphis. Yeah, I hope you remember that, Todd Haley. That's all I'm saying. I will remember that for later in the that's year. That's right. Oh, that's right. Came you, around. You sign that check with your mouth. <laughs> Your team better be able yeah. to cash it at the end of the season. Gotta get that thing going. All right, folks. I want to tell you before we get to Sunday's recap, I want to tell you that the USFL Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes. Uh Best Ball Mania is here at Under Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. 15. Whew. Underdog Fantasy, uh, I mean, un- they have a great pick'em also. Like the underdog pick them is a, a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. College baseball has got that fantastic postseason going on right now. The tournament up in Omaha, but also uh, they do USFL lines and stuff too. I mean, uh, player, you got to get over there, check out USFL. You can do USFL fantasy football. Um, so, so many ways to win over at underdog and active in so many different States head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right, Patty. See, Sunday's action did not disappoint, but it didn't away. It didn't away. How so? Well, not not this game. The other one, I'm going to yeah. get to. But uh, this game was I spot on. Say this the was other my game lock. was necessarily disappointing. It was entertaining, but maybe not uh, you know satisfying in terms of <laughs> watching the best team win. I I don't know. We'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. But breakers, gamblers. Uh, this was seven nothing at halftime. The gamblers kind of made it a game, but like I feel like the breakers dominated this game. If that makes sense, um, they were in control, but seven but the gamblers had three hundred twenty yards of offense. The breakers only had two hundred thirty four. <laughs> yeah, the thing is when you get a lead in these leagues, especially they were up ten nothing, I believe. That is weird. They <laughs> just milk you, milk the clock. <laughs> Yeah, but they didn't even possess the ball for longer. They yeah. they had 10, 10 minutes less of possession and but we watched this game. I mean the breakers 85 were 85 less yards total. We never really panicked. I had the breakers minus the points. Uh 3 and a half which hit was my lock of the week. It never what kind of was never in question. <laughs> Can you really say that if it was no no more than, you know, I'm just saying like with the way the game went like the box score went, 
I think the breakers got up 10, nothing. And I was like, Oh, I'm laying three and a half. And I was like, maybe if the gambler score touch and then they got a field goal. Right. And then the breakers went up 17, three. So I was like, okay, well I'm up 14. Oh, they went up uh, 14, nothing. Then 14, seven. Okay. Okay. Then 17, seven. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And then 17, I never really panicked. Yeah. Once you're up 14, nothing, there's a little breathing. I really panicked, um, but they got it done. John DeFlippo definitely over the top. He definitely, <laughs> he's a hilarious coach. He definitely uh, has talked to Bobby the Brain Heenan before, <laughs> but uh, modeled his uh, persona <laughs> after him. Um, what'd you make of this game, buddy? And and the gamblers, your boy Mark Thompson, despite running for eighty-four yards, they don't get it done. I think part of the problem was, I mean, obviously Cozart, Cozart had that terrible pick, but. Uh, but hard didn't play that bad. I don't even understand why they, I don't know. I don't understand this league sometimes, but they, they suck. They still did not get it done. The gamblers lose again. Yeah. I mean, the uh, hard. Yeah, you're right. You can't complain about 70% passing 7.7 yards of completion too. Yeah. 230 passing yards. It's the a solid going down the field, a solid day, but overall the whole team didn't manage a, a passing touchdown. Again, Mark Thompson, they had to lean on him. Like you said, his 84 rushing yards and a touchdown, not enough. And again, a one dimensional team. Well, it's funny because Pittsburgh's a one dimensional team and they do get it done. Well, they're in the North. I feel like Houston probably would beat everybody in the. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I, I'm curious as these. What was Houston's uh, record against the North this year? I'll have to look. Against the, oh, yeah, that's a good question. But I'm curious as these leagues prolong. Do they try like uh, three they, and one against the North? They, they lost yeah, to Michigan they in the opener. In the yeah. North. But my point is, is that, okay. We saw Birmingham was fire last year with, with, with Mago played some, but Smith played some too. They both were very good. Okay. I don't think they need to do any audibles here, but we saw Sloter leave the breakers and then the breakers, you know, got rid of fedora and the flippo comes in, it brings in McLeod Bethel Thompson steals him away from the CFL where they just won a gray cup or he had just won a gray cup. Um, nice. And my point is, is that are these teams actively looking? I think they are. Cause they just had a draft. They just got Malik Cunningham. So and that's a guy that I think could really be good in these leagues, but didn't he, wasn't he quoted like before the year or one of the guys being like, yeah, I'll never play in that league. Did he say that? One of the one, some guy, some guy, a noteworthy guy. Huh? Well, that's stupid. I feel like it was him. But, but my point is, is that like right now, if you're the gamblers, you brought back Bahar last year from last year, and Bahar didn't even play that bad this year. So I'm not saying you you cut him or something, but you probably cut every other quarterback on that roster and try to find somebody else because seeing Birmingham where Mago was a backup, right? Yeah. Uh, seeing some of these other guys, I just feel like you got uh case Cookus was a backup before Brian Scott got injured last year. Yeah. Uh, you you should be able to find some depth. There are a million quarterbacks or change your philosophies. I'm, I'm wondering like one of the things I notice when I watch the Birmingham stallions is they, they keep the game very simple. Yeah. They do that. They'll, they'll do that option read with out of a play action or them running like 30 times throughout the game. Right. Yeah. Maybe not 30, but a lot, right? I think that simplifies the game. And I think Skip Holtz has that advantage, maybe coming from college. But I'm curious if other NFL teams will try these. No, that like, does make sense. Yeah. You know, in college, you're more likely to be one dimensional and you're more likely not to have great quarterback play. 
So you simplify it. And it, ironically, Skip Holtz is the guy with great quarterback play. Maybe because, but be, because he's, he's probably it. simplifying the game. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like some of these, other, and it's like, here you go. I got a quote from Millie Cunningham Yeah. Uh, on being drafted in the USFL. I had no clue about it. I'm not playing in that. <laughs> uh, I'm just as shocked as you are. So he was actually drafted by the stallions. We'll see if he, uh, no, but but that, I, I thought I just saw no, that was a while back. That no, was, but I thought I just saw a five days ago. Yeah, that was March third. Maybe, uh, maybe he, um, you know, has changed his mind. <laughs> well, I, in the last yeah. like, couple months, he thought this guy. Sometimes, you, I mean, I guess to be a competitor, you think you're going to be a first rounder. Uh, <laughs> well, he wasn't, and uh, but okay. My point is, is that are we going to see them act like if I, if you tell me right now, I'm in charge of the Michigan Pan. Well, the Michigan Panthers are in the playoffs, but if I'm in charge of the New Jersey Generals, well, first off, I think I would consider a coaching change, but. Okay, you put me in charge of any of these the, the Houston Gamblers or the Memphis Showboats. I, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied with Cole Kelly as my uh, full-on starter. Now, doesn't mean he can't start and earn it next year, but I would be actively looking for different things and wondering why is Birmingham so good? Uh, obviously, Pittsburgh and Michigan's formula I think is being in the north, but my point is is I, I feel like will you see some teams change their identities and try to go after and simplify the game of football. That's what I'm waiting to see. It seems like Birmingham's going to like, I, wouldn't you say they're probably going to win the, the freedom cup if you had to bet right now? Yeah, yeah. They're definitely the favorites. So I'm just wondering if we'll see that, but let's someone usually that happens. There's a little mimicry. I mean, football has developed so far as a game that like you would assume all of the mimicry that is going to happen has already happened or 90% of it, 95% of it. But they are doing very different things. Like you said, Skip Holtz is simplifying things. Mike Riley is complicating things. Yeah. Um, and everyone's got a different approach. Pittsburgh seems to be coaching different things. The uh, number of uh, passes batted down, but no, no, that's uh, well, that's Memphis rather. No, no, but no, but Pittsburgh still went out and got, they got Troy Williams. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, they didn't help a lot of their offense, but to me getting Troy Williams is all you really need. So I don't know. I just, I, I, one thing I noticed is that Birmingham runs out of the same formation and runs that play over and over and over. And I find that to be uh, ironic that they also seem to be the best team. That's just fluid. Yeah. They're fluid. Like their, their offense is going to give you a good performance pretty much every week. Well, and the rest of the league is a gamble, especially yeah. in a league like the USFL where, you know, there is a lot of turnover, you know, you don't have uh, uh, unlimited amount of practice time. You know, there's an economy for like getting bang for your buck in terms of practice time. And if you just have a simple and you have the dudes that, you know, are going to be able to run exactly what you're telling them to, then yeah, you're going to run it way smoother and it's going to improve. You're going to be ahead of the curve the whole time. Last year we thought, oh, Bo Scarborough, so good. Jamar Smith, they're doing it without those guys, and it's showing that the system is working. Yeah, yeah. So he he adapted to what he had and made it work. Yeah, through simplicity. So the so the Breakers win, which sets up the a rematch of the South Championship from a year ago, which I love. This is Birmingham. This is LSU Bama. This is in Birmingham this year. Mm -hmm. So the Breakers got to go back. To Ooh. to winning and and I I I love it. I think we got something going for years to come. This is LSU I, Bama. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I like and then you have the Memphis chippiness with Birmingham because mm-hmm. uh, that's why I hope Haley stays and that de- that that <laughs> develop develops. Yeah. But yeah, sign me up for this all day. 
as uh, I, 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 that's what I wanted. I wanted Philly and New Jersey in the North even uh, to play because I I think that rivalry is good. Yeah, I don't know that it's good to have yeah. at least one new team in the playoffs. Well, now we got two in two. the North. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's get to that because the Philadelphia Stars gave out the ultimate lemon of the season. This game was unbelievable. Michigan Panthers upset the Philadelphia Stars. Um, I've, I I haven't watched many USFL games where I totally feel like one team sucked their way to a, a win. <laughs> That's the way watching Michigan's offense. I thought it got worse as the game went along <laughs> and they won. Um, it got worse as the game went along, but they uh, special teams came back from a twenty to six halftime deficit. Blocked a punt for a touchdown. Had dominated the second half. Yeah, I mean the defense and special teams—they're kind of like the Maulers Junior. That's the irony in this: is that the best two offensive teams in the North, without a doubt, are the Stars and the Generals. Yeah, from a roster standpoint, from watching, from the eye test, the two shittiest offenses. Yeah, are in the playoffs. Defense yeah. is back, baby. You gotta love it. Special teams is back. Yeah. What a win. Big Ten country playing ball here. This is Big Ten versus SEC. Dude, they got. won the game with 205 yards of offense. <laughs> I mean, that's terrible. This offense was terrible, and they with won. Less than 24 minutes of possession. Uh, Which is why this is why I was so excited about my Maulers' future. Is because the Maulers, who have the best, by far the best defense in this in this league, but I guess Michigan's got a decent case for being a good defense. They're playing this terrible offense because at the last second, at the Mike Nolan scratches Josh Love from the lineup and goes with uh, P- Perry, right? Uh, oh. Or not Perry? I'm thinking of AT uh, Perry, uh, the wide receiver. EJ Perry, yeah. yeah, EJ Perry. There we go. Uh, uh, and and he struggled his way to a win, but he's a legend, and he's Bobby A. Bear 2.0 in Detroit. <laughs> Patty, see what'd you take away from this one? Well, you know what I take away: the kicking game is so massive in this league. You know, turnovers, turnovers, Clatt nails it with that, with that analysis, Joel Klatt's like uh, turnovers and, and uh, special teams is yeah. everything in this league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's weird because the, it really is like, and they're kind of like had great foresight in terms of making the kickoff, uh, you know, and the starting field position way better. Cause teams still can't score. Yeah. You know, it's very hard for teams to score in this league, <laughs> even though they start off on the opposing teams, 45, right? <laughs> Which, when you allow teams to hit, maybe uh, these newfangled offenses don't work against yeah, that. Maybe yeah. that's what that's we're finding true. out. That's true. <laughs> Defense is back. You got to celebrate it here, but the Panthers somehow Mike Nolan, didn't they go four and six last year? Hmm. Did they? I think, I think they so. did. Oh, yeah. So he does exactly what Fisher does, but he finds himself in the playoffs. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, you know. Uh, I could be wrong, and they'd be four and six last year. I, I'd have to pull it up, but uh, they're in Patty C. And now that sets up for before we get out of here. Let's just talk a little bit about this. They were four and six last year. <laughs> so he did exactly wait, what wait, Fisher wait. did. Oh wait, I gotta look up. I thought I was looking at that. Let me double check that. Oh yeah, well, whatever. Uh, two and eight last year. Never mind. Okay, check so that. There you go. Two and Pittsburgh was one and nine last year. No, Ray Horton. My, how the tables have turned for both teams. Oh man. So so Saturday, June twenty fourth. Remember, we're gonna have our pick show Thursday night with NC Nick. He'll be back from the beach. Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, Canton, Ohio. Patty C. See, this is interesting because that's the only part of the of this league that is not a true home environment. Is the uh, is Canton. 
Like That's Detroit true. was Michigan as we saw on Sunday. Yeah. Birmingham, uh, you know, you had the stallions. Uh, uh, that's a home crowd. And then Memphis you had, you know, for the showboats. Yeah. This is the Every- one. So like, it's kind of like a neutral site. It's like a bowl game. This is a bowl game in yeah. a way. Michigan Panthers, Pittsburgh Maulers, both border States to Ohio. Yeah. Really right. It's a middle. fucking bowl game. We got a, yeah. we got the, we got the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the yeah, blockbuster bowls back. All right. <laughs> Uh, so Hall set, of Fame Bowl, yeah, set, yeah. There you go, Hall of Fame Bowl. Uh, I love this field though. By far my favorite field mm-hmm. to watch a game in this league. Uh, Saturday, June twenty fourth, NBC. How do you see? Five o'clock Pacific time. Eight o'clock. This is a prime time game here. Maulers hosting, even though it's neutral. The Michigan Panthers both at four and six. Patty, see, this is the future. See, all the Maulers had to do is go back to those Steelers colors, and and life worked out for them. Purple and yeah. Pittsburgh didn't work. It does work. Yeah. You know what's great about Canton? Uh, Canton as a city is uh, only seventy thousand people, and as of nineteen ninety, it was eighty four thousand. This is your typical Rust Belt. I mean, if you've ever been there, how much was that? Tell me those stats again. In nineteen ninety, it was eighty four thousand people. Now it's seventy thousand. It's like Ooh. a dying Rust Belt city. But they have this like the championship game. There. It's yeah. freaking cool, man. Well, that's USFL why has heart. USFL should do the expansion team, the Canton Bulldogs. They've came yeah. back before in like arena leagues or some other leagues or world leagues or whatever the fuck it was. Absolutely. Do your history on this. Canton Bulldogs, an original NFL team. They should put a team there. No way the NFL lets that happen. No, but I'm telling you, if they've let it happen with other leagues, I don't think they own it. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. If if the statute so, of limitations on the Canton Bulldogs trademark go. Go is up, go get it. Go get it. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh's gonna roll them, right? As long as they don't turn the ball over. I know we're gonna talk about this Thursday, but you gotta like that matchup for our Marlers future, correct? Uh, yeah, you definitely do. There we go. And then I feel like, uh, yeah. Well, what, we don't have the number on that, do we? Yet? I do. Oh, we're three. Not, we're gonna Marlers minus three, but let's save it for Thursday. Yeah, save it for Thursday. And then you have Sunday's game on Fox breakers stallions, uh, four o'clock Pacific time. So seven o'clock East protect pro, pro, Penetrope stadium, whatever it is, <laughs> uh, Birmingham, Alabama. I'm super excited to see that game's awesome. Some would say that's the, the freedom cup right there. Yeah. That's the Niners Cowboys of the early nineties. Yes. yes. So uh, I'm super excited. Remember the uh, championship game Saturday, July 1st, folks, freedom cup. Saturday, July 1st. Put it in there. Patty C. Uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, fantastic year number two. Um, you know, I want them to go to home. Gotta be year. in the home environments next year, but I like the playoffs in Canton. It's a beautiful, like you said, a beautiful setting. And let's get dialed in. Wait, wait, are both games on uh Sunday? No, one on Saturday, one, one Sunday. One Saturday, one Sunday. So we got a great weekend of you and ahead of us. And look, there's nothing else on. I mean, we got college baseball. That's fantastic as well. But in terms of professional sports, this is basically the only show in town, unless you can get into regular season baseball, which I have a hard time doing. Yeah. So look, this is what I'm thinking here next year. So there's a 5,000 foot or 5,000 foot, 5,000 seat stadium in Pittsburgh station square called the uh, Highmark stadium. Either that or you go to where Duquesne plays, which is like the Art Rooney Stadium or something. Oh yeah, give me that. Either of those for where the the Maulers should play next year. Yeah. For the New Jersey Generals, do they have a, do they have an MLS team? I'm sure they have something in East Rutherford, but um, 
Uh, New Jersey General. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. No, yeah, they de- they have the New York Red Bulls and they have uh, well, New York though is actually in whatever New York the City, New York, think, right? Uh, uh, they might all play at. Uh, that's that's a good question. Uh, no, there's a team though. There's a team in Jersey, the Red Bulls, right? Uh, I can't I remember. But my point, yeah, it's in it's in this is in Harrison, New Jersey, right? Uh, so right over there, you have that stadium in Harrison, New Jersey, Boom. the Red Bull Arena. Get that leased out. Play your games there. And then twenty five thousand, perfect. You keep Memphis in Memphis. You keep Birmingham in Birmingham. Michigan should get out of that fucking terrible dome and go to Ypsilanti, right? There you go. Play, play on that great. Play bro. at the factory, yeah. and then uh, New Orleans should play not at the Superdome. At Tulane Stadium. At Tulane Stadium. Let's go, folks. Talk to me. My name easy is Pick Dundee. We got this all figured out, folks. Thursday, we'll be back with the USFL playoff show. The road to the Freedom Cup continues. God damn it, I love this league, right? Subscribe to the USFL Gambling Podcast on uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're at. We're also on YouTube, youtube.com, USFL Gambling Podcast. Type that in there and boom, we pow, we come up. And uh, yeah, we're going to give away our DFS plays too Thursday night. DFS plays. It's going to be fantastic. So give us a follow on Twitter at USFL Gambling. Give Patty C a follow on Twitter at Patty C831. I'm on Twitter at the Colby D. Don't forget that I also, we also host the college football experience. Yes, 133 teams. We are breaking down this offseason with a, a solo podcast for each and every single team in the FBS. So subscribe to that, the college football experience. Also, subscribe to the FCS college football experience where we talk FCS college football. I host that as well. And uh, the XFL gambling podcast, the sports gambling podcast, the college basketball experience, the college baseball experience that's going on right now. Subscribe to all that good stuff. All right. And uh, I'm enjoying the CFL too, man. CFL's rolling too. So folks check it all out. Uh, Excited to, uh, to be back Thursday. This is the USFL gambling podcast. Week 10 reaction show. The road to the freedom cup comes on Thursday. (laughs) All right. This is the USFL Gambling Podcast. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here.